We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 1st, 2019. And we're going to switch gears here, uh, get into uh, some practicality thing, practicality subjects here. This report is avoiding cholera after the grid goes down. And now this is going to apply to just not cholera, but a host of other waterborne diseases that may occur once the grid goes down uh, what you need to know to be prepared cholera is a serious case of diarrhea caused by the bacterium vibro cholerae which lives naturally in seawater when it enters the gut it produces a toxin that poisons a vital cellular transport protein most cases of cholera occur because of fecal contaminated water it coats it coats the surfaces of shellfish and marine plants a person who ingested contaminated food or water will experience symptoms between 12 hours and five days after consumption if left untreated he or she will die within hours it's that serious they, they they're not saying they may recover it's saying you will die within hours now and this is a you know this is a big deal this is not something that i mean in a grid down situation this is something you would need to to um think about for sure cholera outbreaks typically typically occur in the poorest communities with the worst sanitation and water purification systems uh they also follow disasters particularly tsunamis and floods so okay what if what if our grid goes down and all of a sudden the um sewage processing plants your toilets don't work anymore the water systems don't work anymore well then you could be in that exact situation that third world countries are in within a matter of you know days to weeks so with the way i see things on the horizon this could be something that we're all facing in the near future now i hope it's not the case but again you know it's better to be you know prepared for these things so if it does happen obviously you're not caught flat-footed these disasters expose many people to seaborne bacteria that may contaminate water systems cholera outbreaks often accompany floods that let untreated sewage into people's sources of drinking water the diarrhea of the sick contributes to the bacterial count of the water and the transmission risks areas like peri-urban slums and overcrowded camps for internally displaced people where minimum requirements of clean water and sanitation are not being met can increase the risk of cholera transmission should the bacterial be present and introduced each year 1.3 to 4 million cases of cholera are recorded evidently worldwide so it's a lot um and then 21 to 143,000 people around the world die of it and there's a report here that i'm not going to get into but but i give you the link pandemic cholera is naturally resistant to antibiotics scientists have discovered it is different than other drug resistant bacteria so even if you had tons of antibiotics stored up it's not going to help you with this so that's something that's really good to know that one sentence could literally save your life that i just said and i'm going to tell you how to go after it the key to preventing and interrupting the cholera epidemic is to purify your water you use purified water for everything that involves ingestion such as washing dishes brushing your teeth and preparing food to make sure that your water is safe to drink and use bring it to a complete boil for at least one minute always well what if you don't have um what if you can't boil your water i mean this is why 
those little like rocket stoves i think they're called yeah which only require a very small amount of combustible material and i'm talking like you go out in if you've got any trees around just gather up twigs if we're in a grid down situation you need to have a way that you can boil water okay most mostly for cooking but also for sanitation purposes and if you have something like a rocket stove um which you can look up online they and you can buy different sizes they don't they're very efficient in the way that they use combustible materials like just twigs and you don't have to have like big chunks of wood now granted you'd want to have kind of a supply there if you had access to wood you know you could you could um split the wood and split the wood and use like the wood chips but you could use that to boil water and to prepare food if you had rice and oatmeal and things that were would require heating you'd have a way to actually now granted i understand then there's coleman stoves but a lot of people don't have coleman stoves and if they do what if the fuel runs out that type of stuff okay what if okay well i have a generator okay great but what happens if the gas runs out i'm just saying there's it's good to have options so just a little thing there uh use purified water um so to make sure to save water safe to drink and use, bring it to a complete boil for at least one minute. Well, okay, you okay? What if you take contaminated water and you boil it for a minute? Well, it's not taking the contaminants out of it. <laughs> I granted, I'm not. I'm all for go ahead and boil it, but I would boil it and run it through a, some type of like um, like the uh, uh, the big Berkey with the black elements. Now the thing is though is that if the water let's say worst case scenario if it was really bad okay and it had particulates in it you'd want to try to pre-filter the water before you ran it through your your big berkey because you're going to clog up those ceramic filters pretty quick if you're using horrible water these are just things to think about so having some way to pre-filter the water um you know i know there's even um pails that you can buy which are like you dump the water and pre-filters it and then it basically takes the particulates out of it and then you can run that through something like a, a a big berkey or a british berkfield or the pro pure those types of things in that particular type of grid down scenario it's not going to matter if you have fluoride filters i mean unless you're using city water that you're suspect that you suspect um uh like maybe contaminated and it has fluoride in it then yes you'd still want your fluoride filters on there um so going forward here uh let's see where i left off always remember to store your water in a clean covered container in addition always remember to wash your hands with soap before you eat or handle food you should also wash your hands after using the toilet after cleaning your child's bottom after taking care of someone ill with diarrhea another way to prevent cholera is to use sanitation systems to dispose of feces now again it's good to have one of those portable toilets with like plenty of the stuff that you put in it to you know knock the smell down and knock the knock the bacteria down okay and i off off the top of my head but you can just research that online survival supplies um you know emergency toilet um and then buy the sanitation stuff that goes along with it okay that's very important you just don't want to just have that and then let that fester in there and um i mean sometimes i mean i guess if you're out in the country and you had like access to like an outhouse or some way to go outside where you actually had a hole that you could you know 
cover, that would be great, but not everybody's going to have access to that. So it just depends what situation you're in personally. These are all things you can go up on YouTube and as well as you have questions, just do keyword searches and there's probably 14 videos showing you how to do it the right way. I'm just trying to put thoughts in your head if, if it's something you haven't thought about because this, this can be a very, very important thing, what we're talking about. Avoid defecating in any body of water. After defecating, make it a habit to always wash your hands with soap and water in case toilets are not available, especially during disasters. Defecate at least 30 meters away from any body of water and then bury your waste. You can dig temporary pit toilets that are at least a half a meter deep and 30 meters away from any body of water. And, you know, I hate to be going into all this stuff, but, I mean, if we go into a grid-down scenario, let's say EMP, let's say Southern Border Vision, let's say Ebola, let's say Iran um, attacks and Russia launches missiles on us or whatever from the Iranian thing or, or there's this invasion, and we go grid-down, which is one of the main things I think they're going to do because they want to cut off all the communication between the patriots so communication is, is one of the key things you take out in any war. Well, then if that happens and the grid goes down, your, your water's going to stop running, guys, unless you've got a um, well system that's hooked up to an electric pump that you can hook into a generator that you can power personally. You're not going to have any running water. Now, okay, maybe there's some exceptions to that rule. I, I'm, I don't know, but... I'm saying it would be very, very easy for us to go to a, a scenario where you don't have any running water. One of the things you can do also is if you expect, like let's say you're seeing all the, the, the stuff that we're talking about and, and it's really starting to go hot and you really feel like they're, they're getting near. If you have a bathtub, you can get these things online called water bobs. Water bob, I believe is what it's called. And you could put that, it's a liner for your bathtub. You could fill that up and you've got like, I don't know how many gallons of i don't know 40 50 gallons of water right there you can use um for whatever you need to use it for in that type of scenario and you can go in to there and, and draw on that now you should have storable water anyway um there are water barrels you can buy and i'm going to tell you at the end of this how you can purify that water for long-term storage okay so Again, water is like the most important thing. It supersedes food. The only thing that supersedes water is oxygen. Okay, air. But water is the second most important thing that we need to kind of bear in mind here. So now, also, uh, I've done a lot of teachings in the past on these types of... Now, I've never covered this specific thing with cholera. And I've never really done a teaching. Because I look back and I tried to reference on... I've talked a lot about water purification but I've never really done a dedicated teaching where I talked about how to purify water long-term. Or let's say you've got water that looks drinkable, but you're not sure it's not contaminated with bacteria or something else. I've never really done a study on that. And we're, that's why I'm doing this today because I felt like it's kind of a weak link in some of my prepper studies I've done. And um, you can just go and key in prepper or proactive emergency in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done whole mega studies on this where I went over all the different things about water purification and and things to have for your immune system and the and five colloidal silver on how to like what you might want to have for those scenarios. Now you can also email me at the contact page at contendingfortruth.com and um, 
try to you know if you have a question I'll, I'll generally send you a file but I would always try to go up and do keyword searches at contendingfortruth.com on any given subject and see what comes up because you might find that you know there's five different studies I've done on a particular thing and then there's a PDF with it that's going to give you all the info and it's all free everything's free on the website so um, when cooking food especially seafood cook it well be sure to cook shellfish such as crabs and crayfish until they're very hot all throughout avoid eating any raw fruit food other than fruits and vegetables that you've peeled yourself additionally it is important to clean up safely the kitchen and places where the family bathes and wash and cl washes clothes must be properly cleaned after using cleanse yourself your family diapers and clothes 30 mil 30 meters away from drinking water sources here are other things you need to remember about cholera cholera risk is low until some other disaster disturbs sanitation Coastal areas have a higher risk of having cholera problems than inland areas. Inland areas are not immune to cholera. Um, local water sources can be infected by a, um, a migrant, be it human or imported seafood. Okay. Big cities are high risk zones if they practice poor sanitation. Yeah, big cities are going to be like ground zero for <laughs> it's just where you don't want to be on so many levels. Proper sanitation is the key to preventing cholera and other bacterial outbreaks and there's some other resources here now um if you did contract cholera there is a a protocol for it at the doctor's desk reference tab at dr hyphen johnson dr the dash symbol johnson.com which is the coital the the website that invive silver put up for me when i first did my tour in the avion flu back in 06 you can go up there and buy the silver and um i also sell it personally as well but um cholera here is the protocol and, and again it's in the pdf for this date for july 1st 2019 in vive 5000 part per million one tablespoon in eight ounces of water three times a day until asymptomatic when it says tid it means three times a day okay and um that's that's what you do okay now that's not the normal way you take five thousand part per million silver you don't normally put it in water you just put it straight in your mouth in this case you just want to put it in eight ounces of water mix it and then drink the whole thing eight ounces three times a day um also you need vigorous fluid and electrolyte replacement is needed why because it causes massive diarrhea so now in that case i will say if you had some zinc on hand zinc is one of the number one remedies for diarrhea now diarrhea kills more people due to things like this worldwide than any other almost any other thing on the planet diarrhea is one of the main causes of death but it's usually facilitated by something else because it depletes your electrolytes and your minerals and if you've already got something in a depleted state and you have massive amounts of diarrhea well then that's what finishes them off okay so um zinc they found is one of the main low zinc is one of the main reasons people end up getting diarrhea so i've got a really good low cost zinc from um, biotics that i sell and um it's called zn Zeezan Zebra N Zyme Forte. 100 tablets for 15 
dollars and um very very zinc's super important for your immune system for your skin for male health for men it's very important for prostate health very important for testosterone production in men uh like i said really important for your immune system and um is the essential thing they found in preventing like most cases of diarrhea so that product is in it's it's a, a highly absorbable form of zinc in a food base which is how i always like to have the the minerals i saw and i like with biotics every single every single product they've got is in a food base in an enzymatic food base which facilitates the absorption in the body it's 25 milligrams per tablet and that's like 227 percent of the rda so it's a good dose in a tablet in a food base and it's only 15 bucks for 100 tablets so it might be something you want to think about having on hand um regarding that and you know a lot of people find that they just do well on taking a little extra zinc every day anyway um now it even goes into iv administration of a two to one mixture of normal saline and a one to six molar sodium lactate meaning if you were so depleted of fluids and you had access to an iv this is what you would do now that's beyond my scope of practice but that in vive has that listed there um use all means at disposal cholera is fatal and add potassium to the above protocol in children so um evidently it depletes more potassium but any time you're going to run into diarrhea it's going to deplete your potassium as well and so um a good trace mineral blend with an emphasis on zinc would be really really good in this particular case and consuming a lot of you know purified water and then also obviously the main thing that's going to eradicate cholera in this case with this protocol would be the invive mild silver protein 5000 part per moon one tablespoon which is three teaspoons in eight ounces of water three times a day until asymptomatic okay now i'm not saying that we're going to cure treat because i can't do that because i don't have the magic prescription pad in in like the mds have um but all i can tell you is that if it were me this is what i would do okay and um adding things in like the zinc ultimately will get you a lot better a lot quicker okay so in other words i don't normally ever rely on the silver for any one let's just like the ebola protocol i gave you yeah you could totally rely on the silver but why wouldn't you want to add in vitamin c like in a food base and selenium in a food base or selenium by itself because those are the two things that get totally depleted 100 percent out of your body when ebola strikes you could take all of all all the silver in the world it's not going to put any vitamin c or selenium back in your body in other words i don't put all my eggs in one basket but when you have the other cofactors that are needed for the immune system like in the case of ebola vitamin c and selenium ultimately what that is going to mean is you're not going to need near as much of the silver and the silver is the most expensive thing so i'm trying to save you money and get you out of the woods quicker because i'm trying to do unto you as i would have done unto myself and i'm i'm i don't hold back anything i'm trying not trying to hold back I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you out of the woods as quickly as possible uh, so you can get back on your feet and then do it for the least amount of expense as well so 
Uh, now, here's a study that I did that you might find useful, and it's my it's my just a normal study I I did back on 12-29-2013, um, part four, and I'm just going to give you the table of contents. I give you the link to it, but um, one is cost effective powerful detoxification regimes. Uh, two, 24 pages of cost effective powerful do it yourself detoxification protocols. Three. The liver and gallbladder flush. Four, oil pulling for health, even if you aren't <laughs> Texas tycoon. Um, five, Morgellons, chemtrails. There's a way that you can do a wine peroxide test to find out how much of the um, this, It's I really believe it's a form of Morgellons that's built up in your system. It, this will literally pull it out of your, out of your mouth and your gums. It's it's insane it's really amazing but it's it's the um wine peroxide test um next one food grade diametaceous earth health benefits for humans these are just i'm covering a lot of bases in this study okay um next one super two formula is the strongest bowel cleanser it's the one i carry it's really for the money and just you can't beat it it's amazing and again, if you want to know more about ordering any of these things, just email me at the uh, contact page at contendingfortruth.com and I'll, I'll shoot you over. I, I don't ever pressure anybody. I just give them the information, let them decide. But I, I try to make it as easy to order as, as I can. Uh, next, gravity-fed water purification and fluoride removal system. Um, another one, fluoride treatment. Five ways you can detox fluoride out of your body, natural ways. And then another one, researchers develop herbal method to remove fluoride from drinking water. Another one, worried about fluoride exposure. Protect yourself with selenium. So selenium is another way you get fluoride out of the body. So not only is it essential for um, your immune system and your battle Ebola and a lot of other things, but it's another way that you can detox fluoride out of your body. Uh I really think the fluoride has affected people on a mental level. I hear people calling like on, I mean, I'll hear people like in the healthcare field. I heard like this thing the other day and this guy was talking about this glutathione and it was like a 10 minute video and the guy could barely talk. He sounded almost mentally and he was like a doctor and he could barely enunciate words. It sounded like he was whacked out on meds or he was brain damaged. And I'm like, is this really the guy you really want to put as the face of your company to sell this product? Uh, this super duper glutathione, which I'm a big believer in glutathione, but you got to get the right form. And I noticed that like when I hear people on like call-in shows, a lot of times they sound like they're brain damaged. They sound like they can barely pronounce and i don't know it's whether they're whacked out on pain medications or antidepressants or whether they're just brain damaged from fluoride i don't know but i'm seeing more and more of a prevalence of this and it's almost more like just normal now people don't even think anything of it when they see somebody act that way or talk that way and i'm like wow i'm like i don't know i mean thank god i thank god i'm not that way but i mean i i do believe had i not done all the stuff i've done over the years with all the ways they're trying to kill us who knows i could be that way too and i'm not saying i'm always perfect and enunciating words but i'm talking i'm seeing more and more of this trend with people and i'm not coming down on them i'm not belittling them it's just it's alarming to me i'm seeing an increased rate of this 
And with all the ways they're trying to take out our brain, it's no wonder. And then the next report is reverse osmosis and fluoride. Um, and in this report, they have determined that there's a very high likelihood reverse osmosis does not get rid of fluoride. You know why? Fluoride is essentially the same in, in, a, in a liquid suspension is essentially the same molecular weight as H2O. And H2O passes through the reverse osmosis membrane. So there's a very high likelihood fluoride, which is about the same molecular weight, is also passing through the reverse osmosis membrane. And if that's the case, then it's not, it's not filtering fluoride. I mean, the only way to know for sure is to actually get, like, to run your water, fluoridated water, through reverse osmosis, see what the fluoride PPM was, or part per billion, or whatever it is, before and after. And then if it was zero, yes, then you've got your answer. Reverse osmosis did its job. But from this report I saw, it, it's a very high likelihood it's not what you want to use to try to get fluoride out of the water. I use, like, the, the, the dedicated fluoride filters um, that are in um, the the big Berkey has they have the black ceramic elements which are the best one and then you screw on the fluoride filters on the bottom and it's a specific and it's not even a filter it just attracts it has a medium in there that attracts the fluoride out of the water before it goes into the bottom tank and it has like over I know like way over a 95% removal rate so that's the way I go uh because fluoride is one of the hardest things you can possibly and again i think that's by design on purpose it's almost impossible to get out of the water and then the last report is the lemon detox diet the master cleanser recipe that really works so just a lot of good stuff there for overall health and detoxification stuff uh the one thing that i don't do enough is i've covered so many subjects over the past i've already i, I mean i'm just so much of the time I'm recovering ground I covered before, I just don't remember doing it. Because I've done, you know, it's like, I don't I don't even know how many parts now. 2,500 or something since I've been in ministry, maybe more. So when you've done that many, it's pretty, pretty tough to keep everything in your mind of what you did and when you did it. Um, that's why I always say use the contending, uh, contendingfortruth.com website as like a database that you can search um other recommendations i made spring water from a source that has been tested yearly now that would always be good uh fluoride detoxification five ways to detox fluoride iodine is one way because it is also a good halogen that will compete with fluoride which is a bad halogen in the body it'll also get bromide out which is another bad halogen and they put a lot they put bromine in a lot of other stuff like gatorade and um they'll brominate bread and that's horrible for your thyroid, which will affect a lot of things in your metabolism. So iodine is a way to detox fluoride. Tamarind, uh, I believe is an herb. There's another one. Liver cleansing can do it. Um, we talked about selenium. Boron can also do it. It's also very good for your bones. And then dry saunas can also do it. And then selenium. So those are some different ways you can get fluoride out of the body. Now let's go for, further here. And this is the, the when, when this came up yesterday, this is the report. I, I don't think I've ever done this because I did a pretty extensive search on, I know I've mentioned this subject before, but this is an actual study where I'm going to break it down 
and give you the exact numbers. And what this is, is using colloidal silver and food grade hydrogen peroxide to disinfect drinking water um, for really immediate and long-term storage. So if you needed to drink it immediately and long-term, this would be the way you could do it. If you're a prepper or if you just want to have some water stored for long-term in case of an earthquake, fire, terrorism, civil disorder, or other potential dangers, you'll need to make sure the water is thoroughly disinfected during storage so microbes don't get a chance to grow in it. Uh, thankfully, colloidal silver can effectively be used for disinfecting water during long-term storage. And there's another substance you can add as well that's said to boost the disinfected power of colloidal silver by up to a thousand times. Now, I don't know about that, but they're saying it could happen. Here's the details you need to know if you want to keep your water free from microbes during long-term storage. There are many options on how much colloidal silver to use for keeping water disinfected during long-term storage as, uh, as there are people using it. In other words, everyone has a different opinion and most of them are based on either hearsay or personal experience. Because water quality differs from town to town, region to region, state to state, and sometimes even from house to house, what works best for one might not work as well for another. Nevertheless, the general rule of thumb is to use one ounce of 10 part per million colloidal silver per gallon of stored water. But as a just-in-case measure, I personally double that and use two ounces of 10 part per million colloidal silver per gallon being stored for maximum long-term disaffection. Now, you have to understand, you'd think, well, and if you're thinking the stuff I sell, 5,000 parts, the water's going to taste horrible. No, you have to understand, this is 500 times less strong. A 10 part per million solution is 500 times, okay, less strong than a 5,000 part per million solution of the Invive that we recommend, the Invive Silver. So 10 part per million colloidal silver, a lot of times if you drink it straight, you can't even taste it. It's so diluted. So bear that in mind. Now, my comment, 5,000 part per million in vibes. So, and this might be something you want to print out this section, this whole section on cholera and this other. This may be one you really want to print out for future reference because if the grid goes down, God forbid we get hit with an EMP, which is another way they could take the grid down. Well, you're not going to have, your, your computer could be fried overnight. You're not going to have any access to any of this. So it's good to have a hard copy of anything that could be of a life-saving nature. Anyway, my comment, and I just did the math on this today to double-check everything. 5,000 part per million in Vive Silver is 500 times stronger than 10 part per million silver that they're talking about above. So, to make a 10 part per million solution you would divide 5,000, which is the 5,000 part per million, by 10, which equals 500. Now, bear with me on this. You might have to read this a couple of times for it to fully make sense. So, to make a 10 part per million solution from a 5,000 part per million bottle of Invive, just add 500 parts distilled water, or 500 drops distilled water, to one drop of 5,000 ppm. That's how strong the 5,000 is. You can make, it, it takes 500 drops of distilled water. You take 500 drops of distilled water and one drop 
of 5,000 part per million in Vive, and you put the one drop in the 500 drops of distilled water, and now you've got a 10 part per million solution. That's how strong Invive is. Okay. Now, there's four ounces of Invive per bottle of the 5,000. Okay. That would be over. Um, I'm doing the math here like tw over 2300 drops of 5000 part per million in vive silver okay 2300 drops so you could make you, you can imagine how much 10 part per million solution you could make when you had 20 over 2300 drops of it and it only takes one drop to make a 10 part per million solution if you have 500 drops of distilled water. Sorry if I'm confusing you, but it's all going to make sense in a second because I'm, I'm going to simplify this greatly. Now, this is almost a full ounce. So if you, in other words, if you made, if, if you took 500 drops, okay, of distilled water and you added one drop of Invive, 5,000 part per million, you've almost got a full ounce not quite but you're 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 about uh you're about 90 drops away from a full ounce okay so for simplicity's sake and here's where i'm going to simplify everything for simplicity simplicity's sake just add three drops of 5000 part per million and five mild silver protein per gallon of water you are storing if you're going to do it for long-term usage or if you suspect that there's bacteria in there okay now i'm going to go over a little bit and if you suspected a lot of bacteria that's a whole different thing you're going to bump the dosage up a little bit okay so that's going to simplify it three drops and remember, there's like 2,300 drops per four-ounce bottle, okay? 2,364 drops of 5,000 part per million in Vive per four-ounce bottle, okay? So you'd only be using three drops at a time per gallon, okay? So if you had a 15, if you had a five-gallon let's say standard try to get bpa free store water storage containers okay you can get those um i know that i think even uh like bass pro shop pro shops and certain places like academy sports i think have them five gallons so what you would do is you would use 15 drops of the 5,000 part per million in vive um for water purification or for long-term storage per five gallon container just to make it simple okay and again i mean like if you if you draw it up what i would do is just draw it up there and, and approximate okay dole out 15 drops and kind of see where that goes when you pull it up into the thing and then once you get the estimate of about where it is you can just kind of estimate it every single time i mean this isn't like rocket science here but as long as you're in the ballpark i think is what really matters um 
with three drops per gallon, I'm going, I'm, I'm being a little more aggressive than they're, than they're, what they're saying here. So I feel like I'm erring on the side of safety and you're still getting a tremendous deal because you've got over 2,300 drops per, per four ounce bottle. So that's the cool thing about the Invive is it's so concentrated. And, um, okay. So I, anyway, this is all in this thing. Now, this means a five gallon container of water being put into long storage storage term storage in my home would get 10 ounces of 10 part per million colloidal silver but what a pain in the butt that is you got to dole out 10 ounces well yeah but i can make it with my generator oh hold on hold the phone if you're using generator silver understand something and i'm not doing this to sell and vibe this is a fact okay when you make it in a generator yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna literally consume that water within the same month okay maybe i could see that okay you're trying to save money that but if you're doing it for long-term storage understand something when you have a colloidal silver solution and you make it in one of those cheap generators if you let that stuff sit for a month or two you're going to notice that the that the silver that was generated off the silver rods from the nine volt battery on the generator that the silver is all sitting at the bottom of the container now, in that particular case, that means the silver has fallen out of solution and you do not want to ingest that. It's worthless. It's not, it's not um, even ionic silver anymore. It, what you made was not colloidal silver. It was an ionic silver solution, which is made primarily from electrically generated method. Invive is not made electrically. It is made in a true colloidal silver process. And it will not fall out of solution because of the way it's stabilized. The guy that stabilized it was an MD and he used these things called these advanced molar ratios on how to do it. And he said God showed him how to do it. And nobody's been able to ever crack the code. And this is why Invive, which is a company that's been around since 1992, has never had a bottle of this stuff ever fall out of solution and go bad. The, the, the shelf life on it right now, I forget even, let me look at what they're putting on the bottles right now. So the, the longer the company keeps going without a bottle ever going bad, <laughs> um, they have more confidence. And so they're, they're, they're not even expiration dates. Right now, um, on the bottle I just checked, it said does not expire. Um, and then it says the year 2048 plus, meaning you might want to recheck it in the year 2048 or after that. That's how stable this stuff is. Okay, they're the only company on earth that's ever figured this out. And this is why I firmly believe God led me to this product a long time ago. I've, I've given my testimony on how it was like miraculous the way I found out about this stuff. So, um, th th these are just things to bear in mind. that It's, it's incredibly stable. And what's going to happen is if you use this in your water purification, this is actually not ever going to fall to the bottom and become inert like the ionic silvers that you make from a generator will in this report that i'm gleaning from here they don't mention that they're using electrically generated silver to do this and you have to understand that is very unstable and um the molecular size of it is not is all over the board so you don't really know what you're getting and it's probably only gonna really be good for a month or two because once it falls out of solution because it's ionic and not colloidal and it's not stabilized well it'll fall out of solution and you're basically you're on your own it's not going to have that antimicrobial um effect that it would have when it's suspended in solution 
So that's why I would only use Invive if you're going to do this long term, you know, um, because of everything that I just said. So he goes into, um, so you, so what I say is you use 15 drops of Invive, um, of the, of the Invive 5000 per five gallon container of the silver for long-term storage. And, um, now he goes on he says a little bit more here and this is interesting using colloidal silver and hydrogen peroxide together now this is interesting while i'm not a big fan of drinking colloidal silver that's been treated with hydrogen peroxide uh unless it's been given several days for the hydrogen peroxide to dissipate now i've never even heard of that but okay um i do from time to time combine her, her hydrogen peroxide and colloidal silver when i put water away to be stored for long term now he doesn't make any differentiation between regular he says just use the over-the-counter three percent no 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 you get food grade hydrogen peroxide if you're gonna use it for water purification and i granted if you were in a pinch and you, and you didn't have a choice but get food grade if you can i mean it's just something you want to do there's a company that makes it a their eden is in the name just key, key in food grade hydrogen peroxide eden you'll find them they i think they put out the finest food grade hydrogen peroxide the the one thing with food grade is um um it's best to keep it stored in the refrigerator okay and if you buy 35 percent um which is the concentrate you've got to be super careful with it because that stuff can burn you okay you don't have to buy that i think they sell a three percent i like to buy it because it's so concentrated but um uh just do your research on that but i only would use food grade on on the uh for any kind of internal consumption okay so many years ago there was a mcgill university study on and this is amazing this part here a mcgill university study on the use of silver and hydrogen peroxide of sewage water okay i mean well, how much worse can you get than sewage water the link I had to the study is now dead. Well, probably because they don't want anybody to know it. But according to the study, adding hydrogen peroxide to the colloidal silver-treated water uh, increases the, the decontamination and disinfection of the common microbes, such as E. coli, by anywhere from 100 to 1,000 times. So this sounds like something that would supercharge the silver that's already in there. Okay naturally that might prove to be a valuable consideration in long-term water storage program according to the study's authors the optimal dose for silver and hydrogen peroxide in drinking water is 30 parts per billion of the silver and 30 parts per million of the hydrogen peroxide extrapolate this to a five gallon storage container this would suggest the use of 23 drops of three percent food grade hydrogen peroxide along with about two ounces of a standard 10 part per million colloidal silver solution now so how do we extrapolate this okay what i would tell you is that what i just said above what i stated above you use 15 drops of the 5,000 part per million and five mild silver protein and 23 drops of three percent food grade hydrogen peroxide if you really want to go the distance for long-term water storage or if you're suspecting the water may be contaminated 
Okay, that's the double whammy right there. Okay, and, and none of this is going to break the bank because you're using 15 drops of the 5,000 and there's over 2,300 drops per bottle. And food-grade hydrogen peroxide is not that expensive. Especially, I mean, if you get it to a three... Now, if you're using 35%, oh boy, what would... If we do the math on this, uh, boy... Let me do the math real quick. Okay, so to really simplify it, I would just say if you're using 35%, go ahead and do three drops of the 35% food grade, okay, per five-gallon container, and 15 drops of the 5,000 part per million. If you really, but you remember, if you're using 35% and you're dropping it in there, you probably want to wear gloves. You want to have some type of protection. And what I do with 35%, and here's another thing that you need to do, is if you if you transfer it into another container, like let's say you transfer it into an eyedropper, okay? You want to make sure the eyedropper is at bare minimum like a like a blue or some type of opaque glass because the one, and, and this is true with silver too, the one thing that can destroy both hydrogen peroxide and the invived mild silver protein is direct sunlight. Invived mild silver protein is not very, very, um, uh, like heat doesn't really damage it, extreme cold doesn't really damage it, but direct sunlight will. And that's why it comes in those, those brown amber bottles. Okay, so hydrogen peroxide is the same way. So if you have it in a container, like, a, like let's say you took some of the 35% out and you had it in a large eyedropper bottle, you would want to, I, I, what I do, and I know this is a pain, but you can take like duct tape and duct tape the bottle so no light is getting in. It'll last, it'll last a lot longer. I'm talking about if you were going to do like a lot of water at once and you wanted to do this as efficiently as possible, well, that's how I would do it. So, um... These are just things to, to, to try to simplify your life there. Another thing about this is that I don't believe you're going to be able to have any real detectable taste of the silver or the hydrogen peroxide at these levels. Whereas if you use something like iodine, oh man, I mean you can use iodine, but it doesn't take hardly any iodine. You start tasting it in the water. And, and then it's like, ah, uh, yeah, this iodine taste, you know. In order Now, you can use it in a pinch. But that's another reason I'm selecting the colloidal silver and the, um, uh, and the hydrogen peroxide is because you're not going to have near as much as far as the taste factor. You probably won't be able to perceive it at all. So that's another good thing about it. Um, um, and like I said... 15 drops in five gallons is is kind of on the high end. You could probably, you know, I mean, if, if you weren't suspecting the water was contaminated, you could probably, you know, do more like 12 drops, 11. I probably wouldn't go much below that. But, you know, you could probably do that. And then, it, especially if you're doing it in conjunction with the hydrogen peroxide, you kind of, you're, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So there is a little bit of latitude there uh now going forward it says again i'm one who believes in overkill in a situation like this where long-term water storage is involved so i've doubled those numbers on my own see remember his original numbers on what was recommended he doubled them 
and I I even went a little bit beyond that. So I'm giving I am erring way on the side of like safety, like overboard. Okay, um, the problem you run into is is what if it's spring water and you're not a hundred percent sure what the bacterial count might be on it and there's a lot of factors at play. So I'm more like erring on the side of safety saying, okay, well let's err on the side of safety and let's do it this way. And then that way we know we're covered. And we're, and we're talking a matter of like drops here. We're not talking like, oh, this is gonna break the bank to do this. Uh, I, I love to give you options like this that aren't gonna break the bank. Cause I understand the Invive Silver is expensive, but it's also so concentrated and what you're getting is so much more then if you had to try to replicate that in a health food store, you would end up spending thousands of dollars to just try to get the equivalent of what's in one bottle of one four-ounce bottle of the Invive Mild Silver Protein. Another thing, too, um, they had some shipping issues in the last few months that my listeners made me aware of. I believe the shipping issues have been corrected as of today. Now, I've never had anybody tell me that Invive gypped them and they didn't get their product and that that company's a bunch of crooks. They always make things right, okay? But there were some shipping issues in the last, especially when they got flooded with orders because they ran that special and some of them were, a lot of them were my listeners that were ordering. And that is a way that you can help support the ministry. I appreciate that. Now, I also... I also, when they're not running the specials, I sell it personally and my prices are the best on the internet, okay? So if you want to know more about that, just email me at the contact page. Um, but I'm, I'm not, that's not the primary thing I typically promote, okay? Even though I give free shipping with any bottle of 5,000 part per million and up, plus I give a discount per bottle that you can't get online. But I normally promote the website um in vive and and um but i just want to let you know there's a couple different options there okay so going back to this report it says um my personal opinion is that it is best to use either of these methods the colloidal silver um with the hydrogen peroxide both before placing the water into the long term storage and then again afterward uh in other words, I'll add my colloidal silver and hydrogen peroxide before putting the water into storage. and then, Or you can just put the water in there and then put it in there. And then when the, when the stored water is needed, I'll repeat the process before using the water for consumption. Just in case there was some kind of recontamination of the water during the long-term storage process. Now, I kind of do the same thing too. I'll get water from like a local spring that's they check the spring every year and uh i i go there i get the water and then i'll you know i'll put let's say for argument's sake i do the colloidal silver the invive and because you know it's it's out in nature you don't know if there's you know even if they test it every year you never know if there might be a contamination issue but not only that i don't know how long that water is going to sit there and if there's any little microbial thing, I don't want it multiplying there. So let's say it sits there for a year before I consume it, or more than a year. Well, when I'm when I'm ready to drink it, if it's been like, especially if it's been over a year, I will re I will reintroduce some more 
hydrogen peroxide and, and some more colloidal silver in this particular case. Uh, just in case there was any bacterial recontamination. I'm just talking about, you don't necessarily have to do all of this, but I'm saying if you really want to err on the side of safety, these are some things that you can consider. Um, okay, so then consider filtration as well. Finally, for maximum protection, filtration of the water after long-term storage, he believes is very important. Uh, in order to get rid of any protozoal cysts such as, such as Giardia that may have been lurking in stored water from the start. Many protozoal cysts of the Giardia, uh, of which Giardia is the most common in the United States, are not affected at all by the relatively small amounts of colloidal silver, hydrogen peroxide, or even iodine or chlorine bleach frequently used as germicidal or disinfectant agents in water storage. And again, man, if you can at all avoid it, don't use bleach. I mean that's like okay you're you're caught flat-footed in an emergency situation and you got no other option okay i get it but but then again they just dump it in the water system and that's why the water smells like chlorine when you use it and that's why everybody should be using some type of um it um if you don't have whole house filtration which most people don't i don't even have it at least put um the a good shower filter on your so you're not gassing yourself every time you take a shower because that's what the shower filters do they'll get they'll get out a good shower filter will get out more than just chlorine it'll get out other stuff too but a good kdf filter will work when the water is hot whereas if you're just using a carbon shower filter a lot of times i've heard that doesn't work very well when the water's hot so you want to work you want to at least get a shower filter with a kdf filtering medium and then there's other ones out there that are like 10 stage those are the ones i use and they're really not that expensive you can go and research these things on amazon and i don't say buy it on amazon because they're so wicked but you can look at all the verified buyers and see what they've rated it see what the best value is and then go somewhere else and buy it you can go elsewhere in the internet and get it that's what i do a lot um let's see here um because of the relatively large size of these microorganisms compared to bacteria, filtration through any high-quality gravity-fed ceramic filter should do the trick. Now, this is a whole other layer of protection that you can consider. Like, let's say you had stored water and you did all the stuff, but you were still unsure about Giardia cysts and things of this nature. Another step you could do is taking that stored water and dumping it into a gravity-fed filter and then you're really going to be on the safe side. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying you got to do all this. I'm saying these are these are your options. Okay. In that regard, a company called Dalton USA, and he gives you a link here, has some excellent gravity-fed emergency water filtration units that can filter up a gallon at a time. A company called British Burkefield Burke sells a portable gravity filter, which can hold up to two gallons and effectively filter 10 gallons a day. Then you have the, the um, Big Berkey, which is the one I use. Uh, which uses the black Berkey ceramic and those from what I'm seeing are top top notch uh, they're the best um, filtration that I've seen ProPure has an all-in-one that has they they claim that they get everything out that's another option um, so there's options out there okay and um, what's particularly neat about the water filters from both of the above companies is that they're silver impregnated 
so that you get additional pathogen germicidal disinfection of the water during the filtration process. So that's really cool too when they're silver impregnated. And I think those black Berkeys are as well. So, and again, I'm not working for any of those companies. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of give you the base information you would need to try to make an informed decision here. Uh, now, um, I asked the president of Invive how he would use Invive to treat suspect water for instant use. Okay, so this is a little different. This isn't long-term storage. This is like, okay, life or death. I got, a, I got water here and I want to make sure that it, I can drink it and it's not going to kill me from bacteria and all this other stuff. So here's what he told me. He said that you use um, 2,000. He's using, I think it's just because that's what he's got. It's 2,000 part per million for, for, for the formula that he's got. He's using a 2,000 part per million in five mouths over protein. Okay. Which you can make that with the 5,000. Okay. You, you, um, you can make any strength below the 5,000 just with math you can actually use you want to try to use distilled water and you can make any strength that you want below a 5000 um I, I think i tell you how to do that here in a sec anyway mix in the shade he he's saying do not expose the invive to direct sunlight because i said that's the one way you can um disable invive that's the only way i know of to um make it ineffective so expose it to direct, direct sunlight. Um, use 2,000 part per million silver. Okay, so you do use a 2,000 part per million solution. It's one teaspoon per gallon. Now, you have to understand, this is not, this is a lot more aggressive than what I just described. Okay, this is also if you're only going to use the Invive. And... You're going to drink this without filtration and you're suspecting this water's contaminated. Okay, so this isn't like I went to a nice spring and I just want to have it for long-term storage and I'm really, the water really isn't suspect at all. This is like, okay, this water may be contaminated and it might kill me if I drink it. What are my options here? My options are limited. Well, one teaspoon per gallon of the 2,000 part per million you shake for 30 seconds. You wait 10 minutes. You shake again for 30 seconds to ensure the silver has been evenly dispersed. Then you imbibe. You imbibe the invive. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that's a little play on words there. You imbibe the invive-treated water, meaning you guzzle it like a fish. Sorry. Getting a little punchy, punchy here. Um, if the water is very cold or you're concerned about the possible presence of Giardia cysts in the water, which we just talked about above, allow two hours until... Now, what he's implying here is that the Invive Silver can go after Giardia. The other guy said that you filter it to go after the Giardia, but you have to understand, he's talking about using cheap, crappy, 10 part per million silver you make from a generator purify your water which like i said once it falls out of solution it's not going to have that purifying effect anymore 
And Vive will never do that. Well, at least they have never seen a bottle that'll do it until now. Or up, they've never seen one. And that's why the current, basically, not even expiration dates are 20, the year 2048. Because the stuff's so, so stable for so long. They don't know how long. They figure, Lawrence, uh, the guy that owns Invive has told me before, he says, we think there's a good chance that the shelf life could be 100 plus years per bottle. But see, the company's only been around since 92, so they really don't know. <laughs> so, the guy that invented the molar ratios on how to stabilize this, the MD that did this, um, he said the Lord showed him how to do it. He was, Lawrence, the guy that owns and vibes, says there's a very high likelihood he was assassinated because he would not give up this on how to do this to the powers that be they wanted to know these molar ratios and he refused to give them up and he ultimately was taken out for that the, the one time that story was a lot fresher in my mind but it's always stuck with me anyway um so let's see here um remember to cover and store the one gallon vessel and he's saying in a black opaque bag or light proof box because you don't want to expose the water to direct sunlight because it has invive in it okay so that's why if you're using a five gallon container like the kind you buy at academy they're they're bpa free those are like blue those are fine those are wonderful okay you're not exposing it to direct, direct sunlight you don't got to worry about anything there silver um the, he says the invive silver will kill all bacteria within two minutes but use 10 minutes for an absolute safety valve before drinking. Meaning just lay on the side of safety, give it 10 minutes, shake it again, then you can drink it. Okay, now, remember, if you're doing it, let's say you can probably reduce dosage on there. Let's say if you're using a teaspoon per gallon, maybe you could do like a half a teaspoon and then do like, I don't know, five drops of the, or I don't know, I don't know, three drops of the 35% hydrogen peroxide or two drops because there now you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, okay, of the hydrogen peroxide. Again, I can't give you exact whatever for every single scenario. I can give you general guidelines, but hopefully you have the picture after listening to this and then you can print this out so you can understand. Silver is used by Nassau for their water purification in their space vehicles okay now we're going to look at that now the value of silver in medicine and as a purifier has been acknowledged for centuries egyptians implanted silver plates into skulls with surgery in greece in ancient greece and rome people used silver containers to keep liquids fresh when settlers moved across the american west they would purify a container of water by putting a silver dollar in it overnight the silver dollars were used to keep milk from spoiling. Toward the end of the 19th century, other medical uses for silver were developed, like dropping a silver solution into the eyes of newborn babies. Now they've corrupted that with what they do with babies, and I don't recommend that. But, um, and this was to prevent blindness due to infection. Well, you could accomplish the same thing by putting the 50 part per million and five mild silver protein because that's the strength that it's made it's made for the eyes the 50 part per million is made for this oh also the other day i had a conversation with the president of vive about this remember i said that thing about ebola being in that guy's eye 
and it was sequestered in the eye and it cha- and he was a doctor and it changed his eye color in one eye like overnight and he went in and he got checked and they found out the Ebola was in his eye well Lawrence had talked about um potentially in that particular case possibly using something like a 500 part per million in vive solution in the eye now normally you would never ever do that and i'm not telling you to do that but i'm also not telling you it's going to make you blind okay i mean i'd do it in a heartbeat but i'm saying if it was me and i thought i had ebola in my eye i'd probably ramp it up to 500 part per million and do like a drop like three times a day for a few days okay that's me though i'm not telling you what to do for fda purposes for FDA purposes, I can tell you, you should only ever use the 50 part per million, which again, that's normally all you ever need in the eye. It will knock out pink eye like you can't believe any kind of eye infection. I have never seen 50 part per million fail. And that's the only reason they make 50 part per million in Vive makes it is for eyes. Okay. So it's so cheap. It's like 10 bucks a bottle for a four ounce bottle of 50. And, um, you could just have that as your eye solution. And obviously there's enough eye drops in there to probably last you a lifetime. I mean, it's something that most people don't need to use every day because they, they're normally not battling some type of bacterial infection in the eye. But I'm saying if it was life or death and you thought you had Ebola, personally, I would probably ramp it up some, at least for short term. See how you did. Okay. So anyway, uh, let's see here. Scores of independent tests by many methods in six countries have shown that silver promptly kills bacteria in water and maintains water purity over long periods of time. Russian scientists working on water recycling and purification problems for the Soviet space program have decided on silver as the best long-term sanitizing agent. researching the problems of water storage over periods of several months as well as purification for immediate use they determined that colloidal silver provides the safest and longest lasting method of transforming polluted wastewater into potable water meaning drinkable after testing 23 methods of purifying water nasa the space program nasa has chosen silver as the purifying agent on the space shuttle program. Silver will be used in two functions that will provide shuttle crews with pure drinking for water, air conditioning, food preparation, and other operations. By establishing 100 parts of silver in a billion parts of water as a hygienic as a hygienic for drinking in the shuttle, NASA eliminates the need for 1,000 to 1,500 parts per billion of chlorine generally used for water purification yeah so in other words we don't need to be using chlorine in the water in any of our municipal water systems i mean chlorine i could do a whole study on that i mean it's horrific for you to put in your body it's horrific to take showers in chlorinated water it's horrific to um drink it but you go out into any restaurant understand you're drinking chlorinated water even if you're purifying all your water at home Unless, the wa- unless that restaurant or whatever is being like really cognizant of things, you're getting chlorinated water and the fluoride and all the other garbage they dump in. So, you know, bear that in mind. Um, there's, uh, I know that they've got like spas that you can get, like um, hot spas, where they've got all set up. They had this long ago where it's all like 
colloidal silver generated that's the whole water purification they don't use chlorine because the worst thing you could do is get into a hot spa in chlorinated water and just breathe in all that chlorinated gas go straight in your lungs straight into your bloodstream horrible for you you know um i think spas are great as far as a, a recuperative tool and for that the the best thing is the hot and the cold tubs those are by far they found research that if you're trying to recover you do the hot spa you go into the cold tub you go back to the hot spa you go back i mean that's like what all the advanced level athletes are doing now that that are trying to recover uh, quicker between workouts it's it's tremendous for you but if you were going to do that scenario it would ideal would be to use non-chlorinated water and one of these kinds that are using silver to treat the water anyway um the unit back to this report the unit will provide shuttle crews with 32 gallons of pure water daily for all uses within the shuttle and for backpacks when the astronauts work outside this, the vehicle in space the most dramatic purification tests occurred in 1976 listen to this this is unbelievable in a 20,000 gallon swimming pool in nebraska there was no disinfectant of any kind in the water 50 gallons of municipal sewage plant waste was put into this 20,000 gallon pool so they dropped they dumped 50 gallons of sewage into this 20,000 gallon pool that produced a dangerous concentration of 7,000 e coli bacteria cells per um half cup of water okay so this could give you incredible e coli e coli poisoning and probably a whole bunch of other stuff i mean you can imagine it's been contaminated with raw sewage okay Contents of the pool were pumped through a tank containing an alternating adonic and cathode silver electrodes for disinfection. Now, this is the equivalent of the cheap colloidal silver. Now, it will, it's not colloidal, it's ionic. I keep forgetting that. But ionic is electrically generated silver. It's not true colloidal silver. But it will work on a short-term basis if you're using it in something like this. But for long-term storage, it's not a good option because it will fall out of solution and, and then it's, it's purification or it's, uh, yeah, it's um, not purification, but it's, it's ability to kill bacteria will, will go away because it, it has become an inert substance sitting on the bottom of your water container that you don't want to consume and put in your body. But for something like this, yes, it would work. It would work because it's it's real time it's real time they're making it they're passing this pumped water that's been contaminated with sewage over these uh, over these anodic and cathode silver electrodes for disinfection within three hours the pool was entirely free of e coli bacteria three hours and the water contained only 3.2 parts of silver per billion of the water meaning it wasn't like they had heavily saturated the water with excessive amounts of silver now this is the kind of silver though that if you drink it copiously it can turn you gray and you've seen the picture of the gray man and they, that's what the one that the medical industry wants you to see this is what happens when you drink colloidal silver well it's never happened to anybody that's ever in, ingested in vive because in vive will not build up in the soft tissues because it's not made the same way it's not, it's a true colloidal silver when you make it electrically like that and you and it's an ionic silver and you make the cheap electrical kind yes it will build up in the soft tissues if you're drinking enough of it and it can turn you gray i've told the story before 
um, when I used to speak at Mike Slattery, there was a guy he had in his church there, and he was, he was, he was getting a little on the morbid side. He was, he was that, not quite that fresh out of the casket look, but he was getting near there. I thought when I first saw him, I'm like, man, he's, does he have some kind of weird disease or something? Like, I didn't know, but no, it was because he drank too much colloidal silver. I don't know, he was drinking like, I don't even know how much per day, but it was, it was a lot. It was the cheap generator kind. It didn't. It didn't have any side effects, though. It wasn't like he died from it, but it was turning him gray, and you know, was kind of an inferior form to put in your body. Then I went. I was on tour. I was in Topeka. I think it was Topeka, when I did the uh, my speaking thing that night. That was where they recorded my teaching, the DVD that they made. And then a lady comes up to me, and she's a pastor's wife, and uh, she says, she was real proud. She comes up to me, she says, because I talked a lot about the silver on tour. And she says, I drink eight ounces. Was it eight ounces or 16? I know some gigantic amount of generator, cheap generator silver she makes every day. It was eight or 16 ounces. I don't know. It was, it was more than I'd ever heard anybody. And I mean, this woman was morbidly fresh out of the casket. Gray looking, gray looking. I mean, you know, it she was like i mean it was scary you know like she came up to you and you're like whoa whoa what's going on you know what i mean <laughs> it was a little scary and um she says yes i drink i'm pretty sure 16 ounces a day and i haven't been sick in years and i'm like okay well i mean that's an option you can do that i i, I mean you know it's going to build up in the soft tissue and um, there's really no long-term side effects other than the buildup in the soft tissue and you're going to turn gray. Um, I don't think you need to drink that much. I didn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to get in a big fight with this lady. You know, I didn't want to do that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's optional. Uh, but it's, it is a very inferior way to get it into the system. And once you turn gray, I don't think there's any way you can get it out of the soft tissue. It's like a tattoo almost. It's just there. And I don't know anybody that's ever reversed it. I could be wrong, but I don't know of anybody that's ever reversed it once they went to that gray pallor look. Um, so then the Allegheny County Health Department of Pennsylvania conducted tests in a 152,000-gallon pool, which previously had been disinfected by a 50 pounds per day chlorinator. 50 pounds per day? Chlorinator? Okay. That sounds obscenely lethal. Anyway, the system was replaced by a silver system of purification for the swimming seasons of 1974 and 1975 see they've had this technology for years but it's just like you know they've had carburetors in cars going back into the 60s that could get 500 miles per gallon or 70s but guess what the inventor of that carburetor dies because he won't either either he gets bought out or he won't sell out and he, then they kill him and we still have cars that you know are you know getting you know nine miles to the gallon and like big trucks or whatever because see they don't ever want that that technology to ever be released we've had free energy since basically tesla the, the capability for that but they don't want that they want to control us all so this is another example of that they could have been using the silver implementation all over the country and and probably caused you know, saved untold lives they could have not put the fluoride in there they could have just done 
accomplished everything they want from a water purification standpoint with a little bit of food grade hydrogen peroxide and silver in the municipal water systems it would have done a much better job it wouldn't have been toxic it wouldn't have killed us off it wouldn't have fried our lower brain lobes like the fluoride does but no 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 they must kill us off and they must kill us off right away of course i understand it's a slow process pool water was circulated through a filter of activated carbon impregnated with metallic silver the county health department took up 50 daily samples and found that silver ions remain in the pool at a low steady rate of 20 parts per billion with free with the water free of coliform pseudonomus and staphylococcus bacteria throughout two whole seasons so killed basically killed all the bad stuff at a very low concentration of the silver and all it was doing was passing through a carbon filter impregnated with silver it wasn't like they were even like before they were using the, the ionic silver they were making it you know this is just a sil a filter impregnated with it which again is a lot some of these awesome these uh, gravity fed water filters like the the big berkey and the burkfield and some of those have silvers that are, are filters that are impregnated with silver and i highly recommend those so in contrast 65 water samples from 30 other pools i guess in the area having a mean concentration of 700 parts per billion of available chlorine for disinfecting showed a mean of 1.3 pseudonomas 7.3 staph cells per water meaning the chlorine at a much much higher concentration of 700 parts per billion even at that level it couldn't kill all the pseudonomas and staph cells whereas the silver at a much lower concentration killed everything and there was no side effects because you know silver silver it's safe chlorine is not safe it's it's lethal it's chlorine gas i mean you ever get a whiff of that stuff i have i used to service pools i had my my parents had the biggest pool in the subdivision we had we had a stack up you know i had chlorine tablets i mean you'd pop that thing open if you weren't in the right spot and you got that oh man you'd be on the ground you had to be extremely careful when you pop the lid on that bad boy it was it was just a, it was just a, a whole container of chlorine tablets and then also using chlorine and muriatic acid in the pools which i did a lot and you had to be extremely careful around that stuff i mean it could kill you and that's what they dump into the water you know when they could accomplish the same thing just with silver and probably a little bit of hydrogen peroxide and they probably didn't need to use the hydrogen peroxide though because if they just had the filters that were impregnated with the silver that might be all they need but no we can't have that um so all right let's uh boy i'm way over on time here um one more thing i'll get into and then i'm gonna switch gears again a listener question about affordable medical care metashare our uh i just had this question came in today our daughter lives in north carolina she's in bad financial condition she has no health insurance and is at the mercy of the er when medical problems arise do you know of any organization or group that she can go to for medical treatment exams etc or she left with indignant care i i think he meant um um i think he meant indigent yeah indigent i'm sorry that's what he put there um it looked like indignant but it's indigent um 
my answer, and I, again, I don't have all the answers to everything. I said not really. I'm not 100% sure on that question. I said I will say MediShare is the only organization I know of that offers affordable health care for Christians. And I'm talking, their rates are like a fraction of what most people are paying for. Most people are, are paying some unbelievably high rates with some normal health health carrier and like it's a large portion of their income every month and it's going straight to the medical pharma cartel and they're getting really no benefit other than you know disease propagation care is what i call it because the medical system is not about preventing diseases they're about propagating diseases and treating symptoms which is their 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 profit model it's called reoccurring revenue um i told her i i told them i said we have used it and they seem to have a ton of integrity I gave a link to it. It's mychristiancare.org. Mychristiancare.org and then forward slash medi hyphen share. Anyway, I give you the link here. And then I just posted this in on their website. It says, MediShare is a community of Christians who have agreed to live as the early church did in Acts 2 and 4 when it comes to sharing each other's burdens. Members share each other's eligible medical bills and most importantly, encourage and lift up one another in prayer. I mean, when I got bills like every month it would come with prayer requests i never see anything like it and and the and the bills are just a fraction of what you would normally pay and i've never really heard anything bad about them okay they seem to have a ton of and, and if you were like if you were like accidentally late on a payment they're like oh it's all good it's all good chill out or whatever i mean they were like you know i think taylor had forgot to pay it on a couple and they were really cool to her like when she called so they're they're very unlike any other health insurance company i've ever seen um okay so i'm gonna end part two here and hopefully finish up part three here next